Instead of focusing on winning arguments, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and marketing and how we can use them to win in the world of politics, teaching you how to meet people where they're at on the issues they care about. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Well, happy Monday there, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show. And thank you, yes, for joining us on, of course, another fun-filled episode. I am, as always, your humble host. And today we have... A returning guest, he ran for PA State Senate back last election cycle. This time he's running for Lieutenant Governor. But before we get there, I want to give a shout out to today's sponsor. Yes, that is the Expat Money Summit 2022, November 7th through November 11th. Five days, 30 expert speakers. Mikhail Thorup from the Expat Money Show, he will be hosting that. And I promise you, if you join, it'll be a week worth of watching, but you will reap the benefits for generations. Head over to briannicholshow.com forward slash expat and grab your free tickets today. Yes, I mentioned our guest. He uh, did run for PA State Senate back last election cycle. This election cycle, he is running for Lieutenant Governor, the one, the only Tim McMaster. Welcome back to the Brian Nichols Show. It's great to be here. I don't know if I can quite live up to all that hype, but uh, thanks. Thanks very much. <laughs> Tim, welcome back to the program, my friend. It's great to have you on the show. And uh, yeah, you're, to be back, Brian. you're doing a lot of fun, exciting things here in the world. Yeah, you ran for uh, State Senate here back last exactly. election. Yeah. Now you're running for Lieutenant Governor, and Lieutenant you've been Governor. going and, across. In, the, in the between, I, I ran for and won uh, auditor for my local township here and was actually appointed the chair of the audit committee. So it seems like we never, we just never stop. How, now, here. shame on me, Tim. Shame on me because I completely forgot that you ran for town auditor. Congratulations. Yes. And you, you get to be you. in elected office with the big L next to your name, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty phenomenal. And here in Pennsylvania, you know, we're, we're pretty blessed uh, through a lot of hard work and a lot of really smart people, a lot of hardworking people. We have, you know, over 200 elected libertarians in office right now in Pennsylvania, which is more than the other 49 states combined. Wow. That's impressive. And uh, yeah. now I, I will confess, I did just leave the uh, the Keystone State. I moved over to uh, become a Hoosier. I'm now over in Indiana. So I... I That's okay. I'll let, I'll let that slide. I, I, thank you. I appreciate it. And, you know, I think the Hoosiers here will let it slide too. They've embraced me with uh, open arms. But I've seen, yes, PA has had the chance to really make a strong name for itself in the, the libertarian circles electorally, especially when you look at local politics. And let's talk about that, Tim, because when you were last in the show, and we mentioned it here a couple times at the beginning, you were running for state senate, and yes. we've seen there's been a resurgence, especially in the political discourse, to get away from the national conversation. I mean, the national conversation seems to be dictated more towards cultural conversations more than anything. The real, the real like, meat and potatoes of how we have found the most success in bringing our ideas to your average person beyond that cultural conversation has been through local and state politics. So let's talk about really quickly your attention in, in, in really what you've experienced in running for state and local politics. What's been the reception? What's been the feedback? And what have you found have been some of those top of mind issues that voters consistently bring up to you time and again? You know, um, it was great. I, again, I don't know how I can follow all that, but uh, it, it's been great, you know, have, especially having the, lo the local office being elected to that um, it's because it really puts me out front and center with the local people. And as they say, all politics is local. And I, I truly believe that because every issue that, that we kind of face on the local issue, if you just expand that out, essentially that's on the state level, on the national level as well, with some exceptions, you know, but overall, I mean, people are concerned about the same things, how they're going to feed their kids, you know, are they going to raise their kids 
properly? How are they going to educate their kids? Are they going to have anything to leave their kids? Is, is it going to be all taken from through property taxes or, or some other kind of government extortion program? Um, those are really the top of mind things that that I've really been focusing on and I've really been um, talking to the people about is how is how as a libertarian first, a small L libertarian, I can or, or we can expand their freedom through. Um, I apologize. My dog is is he's part of the interview. No, it's fine. I <laughs> know um, he's got me distracted. Hang on a second. Sorry, I had to let the boss know he had to go out. Um, <laughs> so through small L libertarianism, we can really um, get people to focus on what matters to them, which is the things that they can control. You know, taking responsibility for their own, you know, their their own money for taking responsibility for how they educate their kids, taking responsibility for how they or what they do on their own property. Um, I think that's kind of the core tenets of small L libertarianism is that I'm going to do. I'm going to do what I'm going to do here, and it's not going to impact your rights. You do what you're going to do over there, so long as it doesn't impact my rights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and let's really quick, before we go more into your running for office, um, let's talk about really quick this this conversation about the reception of the, the small L. I, I appreciate you using the, the small L um, sure. signification there, um, because you do see there has been a resurgence and an appreciation of this small L libertarianism that's really it, it's been thrust almost into the national conversation by Elon Musk and and this is something I think we're we're gonna I don't know if we're gonna see the coattail effect immediately but I would dare say we're gonna see some coattails sometime in the near future be, be it people who are inspired now to stand up and speak their values. This is something I've been trying to really talk about when I'm speaking to business owners, entrepreneurs, is going out and being your authentic self, not being afraid of speaking your values and knowing that there are people out there who will appreciate that because they've been afraid of speaking their values behind closed doors themselves. But then you go to the other side, you do see now there is there is not so much this, um, you know, this fear of retribution, and more so an acceptance of alternative ways of thinking. So, do you see this going forward? Do you see this helping us in the big L libertarian camps, and and we'll say our pro liberty friends, both on the uh, the right, and I will say sometimes in the Democratic Party, though, as I talked about with Kenny Cody in the show, they're fewer and far between. But with that being said, you know, do you see this helping us? When we are talking about that con- uh, that, that cultural conversation, moving the uh, the pendulum towards our way, you know, anytime that, that you can get the majority of people, or what we like to call the old dying parties, if you can get members of the, of those parties and members of the general public talking about and thinking about their own liberty, thinking about their their own rights, it, it, that's going to be a win. Whether it's for small L libertarianism or capital L libertarian party, it's going to be a good thing as long as it's shifting that pendulum more towards more freedom and more liberty, I think that's a good thing. I think as far as coattails, um, I don't think we're going to see too much of it this year. Um, depending on how it goes in, in the Twitterverse and with Elon, I think maybe 2024 could see some serious coattail action, I guess. Um, but I don't see that necessarily on a national scale. I think that's going to be far more localized. Um, they're going to have you know people like me who just who run for the local office um, and maybe we'll run for a bigger office, but failing that, we'll run for another smaller office or we'll run for re-election 
or will inspire somebody else who's, you know, maybe liberty minded like themselves to run for a local office. Maybe they run for a constable or township supervisor, school board, something like that. That's going to it's going to put capital L libertarians in front of people more. And they're going to see that we're not crazy boots on our head, you know, kind of wackos, although there is a, a special place in the party, you know, for folks like that. Um, but that we're really we're just people that want our kids to be freer than we were. And I, I can't think of any any simpler way to say that. <laughs> Tim, you made me laugh because um, <laughs> I I'm going back to our Friday episode with our good buddy there, Chris Goizetta. He's a marketing professor and he helps us talk about where we go wrong when we're trying to reach out to our target markets or when are we talking to our target markets? And we talked about the top three ways that libertarians scare away the normies um, or actually we said the liberty curious. But we, we see this and you referred to it is unfortunately, yes, the uh, the the boot on head, uh, blow horn in hand, you know, screaming on the corner type of person that has been too often the the libertarian caricature and we have to get past that and i think that's why and i'm so excited that, i'm sorry no, no go ahead I, I was, I was I was a lot a lot of that is actually what the mainstream is is kind of thrusting out there like if you if you actually listen to what and the boot on the head for those that don't know is vermin supreme um what vermin actually says makes a lot of sense you know when he starts talking about you know economic policy and uh foreign policy of non-interventionalism you know, these things make sense and they, they are consistent with the small L libertarian and capital L libertarian party. Um, the problem is he puts a boot on his head and that's what the media focuses on. Well, and, and can you, him but can you blame attention. them? Can you blame them though? And I think that's the part. Well, no, I, I'm it, just saying like, we're, it, we're kind of, we're, we're giving them the ammunition to yes. bludgeon us with. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, so why, I, that's why, that's why we've talked about sales and marketing here, right? Like that's, right. that's where I think we've, we've gotten wrong. Like, yes, we, there's two different rules. There is there is the the court jester rule, right? The the poking fun and drawing light to the disaster that is our federal government and and what it has done to people. And Vermin plays that role well, but when people are looking to cast their vote, they're not looking to to vote the jester in in, right. in command of the castle, right? They're looking to make sure that they can vote for somebody that they can trust actually presents solutions to the problems they see. And and candidly, that's why I like having folks like you on the show because you be you give us the chance to get away from the characterization that the media has presented. And still, instead, it gives us a platform to present real libertarians who are running for real elected office and local positions, and then the real solutions that you're bringing to those individuals. And I mean, we've we've had you in the show, right? You, you talked about this from the state run back last time. Right now, you're you're in the role of auditor, so I'd love to hear more about that. And then now you're running for lieutenant governor. So, Tim, let's very quickly, as the role of auditor, what is the direct impact of having a big L libertarian in that seat on the voters, number one? And then number two, what's been the feedback from those voters? So the biggest impact is that as the capital L libertarian, um, on the audit committee is every time that my township wants to spend a dime, I'm the guy who's right there, you know, waving the budget saying this has not necessarily been approved. This has not necessarily been debated. The voters haven't had a chance to, you know, approve this. And you guys need to justify that. And I think my camera just died. Sorry. Yep. It's okay. Sorry about that. The the audience got a nice view of me drinking from oh, my well, my nice. Brian Nichols Show thermos, which you can get your Brian Nichols Show sticker over at briannicholsshow.com forward slash shop. Tim, continue. Okay. 
Okay, sorry about that. Technical difficulties over here. Um, so yeah, so you know, having the the Capital Well Libertarian in the auditor position, that's that's really exactly the position you want a libertarian in because I'm I'm forcing the township supervisors to justify every single cent that they spend, every single cent that they try to tax, every single cent that comes through on any budget. I'm the guy who says you need to justify this. Um, so they don't really like me all that much in that role, which is good. I'm not there to make friends. You know, I'm there to, to try and do some good in uh, Conewago Township here. Um, and so far, the, the reaction from the voters has been phenomenal. Like they, you know, they will stop me on the like We were doing signature collections on uh, primary day last week. Um, and a lot of them recognized me from the township supervisor meetings. And, you know, they're, they want to shake my hand. They're like, thank you. Finally, somebody is saying, you know, to these people, stop spending all of our damn money. You know, somebody is making them actually justify it. And whether or not they actually change their behavior at this point is kind of irrelevant because it's got the entirety of my locality talking about how they're spending their money. They're thinking about how these three people on the board of supervisors are spending their tax money, how they're increasing their tax bill and how they're not getting any services back for it. So it's it's definitely been an overall net positive and we're not even, you know, six months into the position. So that's what you like to hear. That means that yeah, libertarians absolutely. are making a difference. Yeah. And, you know, when they find out I'm a libertarian, they're like, huh. I, OK, I will look into that more. You know, and, and there now we've got one more, you know, check in the liberty curious box. And once we get them there, I mean, they start seeing what we're all about. Nine times out of ten, we've got a new libertarian. Now, see, folks, what, what Tim did there was he's utilizing some of the techniques that we talk about over at the Brian Nichols Show's morning sales huddle, which if you have not had the chance yet, by the way, head over to briannicholsshow.com forward slash um, no, yeah, forward slash selling liberty ebook. There we go. And you can sign up for our morning, uh, our morning sales huddle as well as get your free copy of four easy steps you can implement now to help sell liberty to friends and family. I will include that link in the show notes as well is in the description here on YouTube for our YouTube uh, watcher. And if, by the way, if, if you folks who are listening have had a chance to read four easy steps, uh, please do me a favor. Go ahead and in the comments here on YouTube, tell me what your takeaways have been um, or email me, brian at briannicholshow.com. Love to hear that as well. Um, but no, Tim, let's, let's talk about now taking these ideas away from the local perspective. And now let's bring them to the state perspective, right? Now, we, we know the state is, is not necessarily the end-all, be-all. We always want to go back more towards the locality. But there is a role for us to play you know, politics at the state level. What are you seeing as, right now, the libertarian role in state politics? What are some of those top-of-mind issues that you want to, uh, to make sure you're addressing? So the biggest thing that we want to address is um, our, the tax rate here in Pennsylvania. You know, our sales tax rate keeps going up. The property tax rates keep going up and we're not getting any more services for it. The only thing that's happening is the legislature in Harrisburg is voting themselves pay raises. You know, and that's I, I can't think of another word for it, but that's just pure evil. Um, you know, they keep taking money from what they consider the tax cattle, us, the citizens, the voters, and to vote themselves a raise while the value of the dollar is in the toilet. Um, there's food shortages, there's supply chain problems, but you know, these call them what they are scumbags in Harrisburg in the general assembly and in the executive are voting themselves new, you know, brand new raises, you know, meanwhile, they're the fourth highest legislature, fourth highest paid legislature in the country. Um, it, it's ridiculous. Um, so one of the big things that Matt Hackenberg, who's the libertarian party, of Pennsylvania's candidate for governor and myself. The one thing that we're really 
focusing on is we want to get the tax rate as low as we possibly can. And to do that, we have to stop the spending in Harrisburg. Um, and one of the first things that we're going to do is we're going to enact um, a policy that every legislator in Harrisburg takes an immediate 50% pay cut across the board, period. Day one, 50% of your pay. That'll make a or, lot of friends. Or, well, good. I'm not there to make friends. You know, <laughs> I like it. Or we go back to being a part-time legislature because, I mean, really, they're out of session now and they won't be back in session till after the 4th of July. But their paychecks are going to st- still keep coming. You know, and I, and I believe that there is a place for the legislators to go back into their home districts and meet with the people and talk with the people. But there's no reason they should be getting paid constantly for that. You know, there's plenty of other states that enact Texas, Vermont, I believe, have part time legislatures and they do just fine. Their legislators come in a couple of months, a couple of months a year. They get done all the everything that they need to get done. Then they go back to and they live under the laws that they've just passed so that they actually know what they're doing. They're actually still in their communities meeting their people. That doesn't happen in Pennsylvania. If you see a Pennsylvania state legislator, either from the general or either from the, uh, the Senate or the House of Representatives, they're generally somewhere getting a photo op or getting a check. And that's that's just not something that I can imbibe, you know. And and one of the cool things about the lieutenant governor is one of their chief positions is to be the president of the state senate, which means I could technically be the boss of the guy that beat me for the last job I ran for, um, which would be awesome. He doesn't like me too much either for <laughs> largely the same reasons. Well, you, you know, know I, I used to uh, see a lot in Philadelphia. We'd see... It was election season, and whenever you'd walk into the uh, the shop right over when I lived in West Philadelphia, um, there it was election season. There was always a candidate of some sorts standing outside with their you know the brochures and stuff, and they were just handing out stuff. And it struck me funny that they're always there at election season, but they're never there afterwards saying how am I doing if they're elected. Yeah. They're never there afterwards saying. Talk to me about your issues. No, they'll they'll be in D.C. or they'll be in Harrisburg, right. but they won't come back to this shop right and stand in this parking lot uh, to parking lot and see the mom who's pushing the the cart out with tears in her eyes, knowing that it's getting harder trying to make her paycheck put the food in the cart to bring it home to her family. Exactly. They, exactly. they don't get to see that. They they can read about it in in on Facebook and they can watch it in in the YouTube channel, but they don't really see it up up close and personal unless of course, Tim, they're asking for your vote. Exactly. You know, and that's one thing that that I've always said. Is I I said like don't, you know, if you want to vote for me, that's great, but here's here's the things that I have done. Here's the things that I want to do. And for the love of God, hold my feet to the fire on it. If I say I'm going to do something, and you see me not actively trying to get that done or not actually getting that done, call me out on it. All right. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm an IT guy in my day job, but I also run a goat farm here. So the only way that I learn is if somebody tells me, if I'm doing something wrong, you got to tell me, you know, and that's one thing that I'd, I'd never see with these politicians is they never come back and say, you know, Hey, how are we doing? Yep. Like you just said. Yep. All right, Tim, this is the, probably the most important question I've asked today. You're running for Lieutenant governor. What the hell does a lieutenant governor do? So the biggest things that the lieutenant governor does, as I said earlier, is they're the president of the state Senate. Um, so basically they call they call the Senate to, to order. Uh, they recognize the speakers. They'll you call for the bills to be advanced or anything. They don't really have any power. So it's largely like the chair of a party. They just kind of organize the meetings and stuff. Um, but they do have a, a certain degree of, we'll say, a bully pulpit in there, which is what I would use to, to tell them, like, hey, you're taking a pay cut. 
Um, the other thing that the lieutenant governor does is they're the chair of the pardons board. Um, and one of my one of my other passion projects is to see full restoration of rights and pardons for anyone who's been convicted of a non nonviolent drug charge. Um, because there's so many drugs now that are they're either legal or they're available with a prescription or this. There's there's no reason that these things should be illegal and ruining someone's lives for, say, a plant. Um so I would really push to have like everybody's records expunged, you know, full pardons and full rights restoration. Um, and apart from those two things, the other real thing that the go- lieutenant governor is supposed to do is go out and make speeches. Um, Ooh. I think I'm okay at that, um, but it seems like a waste. So, you know, what I'd like to do is I'd like to, you know, take that time where I'm supposed to be out giving speeches and stuff. And I'd like to have town halls with people and let them talk to me, yes. you know, not me talk to them like a traditional speech. But do like um, what they used to call a listening tour, you know, where you go and say, hey, how's everybody doing? You know, talk to me. What, what What's on your mind? What, what's bothering you? What can we do better? What are we doing good? I mean, hell, it's possible they could be doing something good in a general assembly. Unlikely, but it's possible. You know, they, they say your, your chances of being uh, eaten by a shark on a subway are never quite at zero. So there's always a possibility. You know, so there's always a possibility the general assembly is actually doing something good. Um yeah, so that's that's really it. And, you know, and backing up the governor and what the governor would stand for. And with Matt Hackenberg, excuse me, um, you know, I really believe in Matt's message, which is largely similar to mine. Uh, Matt, being a veteran, is um, he's definitely in support of an organization called Defend the Guard Pennsylvania, mm. which seeks to retract um, the deployment of the Pennsylvania National Guard short of a declaration of war so that the National Guard, the PA National Guard can actually stay in Pennsylvania where they're supposed to be, the way they were originally designed to be, so that they can focus on if there's localized flooding or any kind of natural disasters or Vers- any kind of emergency. Versus where where are they now, Tim? Uh, PA National Guard now, I believe, is mostly deployed um, at an undisclosed location, which I believe has a lot of sand. Oh, we'll say so. Not so not not PA. Not so much Pennsylvania. No. Okay, not not the yeah. not not uh, not in the, the the plateaus. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, not not in the contiguous forty eight. Well, I think we're we're seeing um, right now, and I've, we've had a, a couple of guests here talk about defend the guard. So this this for past uh, members of here of the audience, they're familiar with that conversation. For old or for rather new members of the audience, please go back and listen to those episodes. But uh, no, this this is definitely something I think we're going to see right now moving forward. Like you're you're uh, you're not going to see a takeover of libertarian ideals immediately right and it, it right. never comes all at once uh but it's going to take a little bit of time it's how to eat the elephant one bite at a time and right. we're seeing the the chink in the armor uh and and this has become apparent after covid you can't it's it's just like in star wars where princess leia is talking to tarkin and she says is the, the tighter you squeeze your your fist tarkin the more star systems will slip through your fingers that is yeah. by nature the way that freedom works. And this go actually, it quite literally, freedom is science. That's where the freedom is science line comes from over at the Brian Nichols Show shop over on Pride Libertarian. Dr. Adrian Bajan talks about this with constructive law and that anything in life and anything in nature, it will do so in a way that will be the, the, the easiest way to get to whatever path it's going towards. So freedom in its very essence is nature. It is science. It is the the, the basic operating procedure for every living non-living just existing thing out there and 
Anything that we try to do opposite to it, it will always find a way back. So we're seeing this right now, a reversion almost to that freedom, liberty mean, and uh, it's exciting because I think more people are starting to get into that conversation. They're starting to to have the conversation who typically were maybe sitting on the sidelines or, or not even in tune with what was happening. They were just kind of, you know, they were out there with their little drones doing their own little thing. And then all of a sudden one day they took off the, the, the hat and now all of a sudden they're open up to a brand new world. So Tim, if they are open to a brand new world, they just happen to live in uh, the uh, the Keystone State. They're over in Pennsylvania, my former uh, state, for just about seven years or so. And they want to go ahead and get involved and support your candidacy for lieutenant governor. What can they do to go ahead and support you? And is there any way they can go ahead and financially support you as well as you pursue your endeavor to be lieutenant governor of Pennsylvania? Oh, thanks for that, Brian. So the easiest way is Tim, the number four, PA.com. That's the website. That's where you can find all of our information, contact information, where we're going to be, uh, awesome media appearances like this. Um, but you can also go to Tim4PA.com slash donate if you'd like to throw a couple of bucks at us. Uh, we're not funded by the mega corporations like uh, the old dying parties are. You know, um, they say, what's what's the difference between donating to a Democrat or Republican and donating to a Libertarian? If you donate to a Democrat or Republican, you expect a favor. If you donate to a Libertarian, you expect results. And that's what we're about results. So, you know, a dollar with us is equivalent to a thousand dollars with them. You know, we make every dollar count. So timforpa.com slash donate. Uh, you can also go if you like uh, Liberty branded merch, uh, timforpa.com slash shop. Uh, we have T-shirts, hats. Uh, we're getting some etched glass, uh, bumper stickers, yard signs. All that stuff's going to be there. But the big takeaway is uh, timforpa.com or if you're on uh, the Twitter it's Tim Four PA, I guess at Tim Four PA, and on the Facebook it's McMaster LT Governor Twenty Twenty Two. Perfect. And what we'll do, Tim, we'll make it easier for everybody. We'll include all of this in the show notes. What we'll do, folks, click your podcast catcher uh, artwork there for The Brian Nichols Show. It'll bring you to briannicholsshow.com where today's episode can be found along with all of the social media links, all of the bio, and by the way, the entire transcript of today's episode. Oh, plus all 500 plus episodes of The Brian Nichols Show available for your listening and viewing pleasure. But that being said, folks, thank you for joining us on the episode. Tim, final thoughts or words of wisdom for the audience as we wrap things up today on Monday? The biggest thing we have now is um, it was eight words, and they're all two two-letter words that was given to me. If it is to be, it is to be us. So we need to focus on us and hashtag make Pennsylvania free again. Please, yes. I, we don't need more folks like me leaving PA. We need more folks making PA free. So please do that indeed. Folks, if you enjoyed today's episode, please go ahead and give it a share. And when you do, go ahead and give yours truly a shout at B Nichols Liberty. And by the way, if you enjoyed today's episode, well, you're going to love uh, yesterday's episode, but actually over here on YouTube aired today because I wasn't allowed to put my clip I had about the office. So that became, uh, they, they got copyright uh, struck by, by NBC. Can you believe that, Tim? I couldn't believe it. I put I it in. I can't believe that actually. I, I wasn't even using it like, like in a bad way. I was using it for for you know, comedic purposes. So I guess that's a podcast exclusive. Uh, but if you if you want to go ahead and check out our awesome conversation with the professor Chris Goizetta about the top three things that libertarians do to scare away the liberty curious. Well, it's going to be right here. Oh, I hit my microphone right here. There we go below me in uh, in here on YouTube. But uh, otherwise, folks, thank you for joining us on today's episode of The Brian Nichols Show. With that being said, it's Brian Nichols signing off for Tim McMaster. He's running for Lieutenant Governor of Pennsylvania. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. 
Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com. Enjoying the audio version of the show? Then you'll love our YouTube channel. Be sure to head over there and subscribe. And if you're new to The Brian Nichols Show, be sure to head to your favorite podcast catcher and click download all unplayed episodes so you don't miss one of our nearly 500 episodes that will be sure to leave you educated, enlightened, and informed. If you got value from today's episode, can you do me a favor and head to briannicholsshow.com forward slash support and leave us a $5 donation? And by the way, have you given the show a five-star review yet? If not, head to Apple Podcasts and tell folks why you listen to the program and don't forget to tell your friends to subscribe too. Follow me on social media at B Nichols Liberty. And again, if you'd be so kind, please consider making a donation to The Brian Nichols Show at briannicholsshow.com forward slash support. The Brian Nichols Show is supported by viewers like you. Thank you to our patrons, Daryl Schmitz, Michael Lima, Mitchell Mankiewicz, Cody Johns, Craig DaCosta, and the We Are Libertarians Network. Faced with an uncertain future, many business owners and technology professionals don't have the time needed to invest in their business technology strategies. And as a result, they're afraid of their technology getting outdated and putting their company and customers' information at risk. The digital future is already here, but with all different choices in the marketplace, it's difficult to know which one will be the best fit for you and your strategic vision. Imagine having the peace of mind that your business is backed by the right technology investments that are tailored for your specific needs. Hi, I'm Brian Nichols, and I've helped countless business owners and technology professionals just like you, helping you make informed decisions about what technologies are best to invest in for your business. Voice, bandwidth, cybersecurity, business continuity, juggling all the aspects of business technology is messy. Let me help. Head to briannicholsshow.com forward slash help and sign up for a free one-on-one consultation with yours truly to dig deep into where you see your company heading and how we can align your business technology towards those goals. Again, that's briannicholsshow.com forward slash help to get your simplified business technology started today.